Before we start today's episode, I want to take some time to, on behalf of 1306 Sports and everyone involved, express my support for the Black Lives Matter movement. I would have tweeted something or put something on social media, but I think that it's really easy to fake that message and it's just easy to put some words on the screen and be like, oh, well, that's done. So, I mean, I'm not saying they all do that, but it, it happens, I think. And I wanted to send this message with my voice because not only is it more impactful, I believe it holds the sender more accountable. And as a white person, I have no problem admitting I need to hold myself more accountable and I believe that this is a really good step towards that. Personally, for me, growing up in the DMV, which is the DC, Maryland, Virginia, area for those unaware i have grown up around black people people of all colors all of which i am proud to say i've been able to create meaningful friendships with and i've been lucky enough to allow their cultures to have a real real impact on my life um and without black culture nothing would be the way it is in this country especially for me like every aspect of my life the people i was around growing up the music i listened to the sports i watched the words i used i mean black culture has just always had such a heavy impact on me and to see these advances in society even though there's obviously so much more to do I genuinely could not be happier with the direction we're moving. So again, on behalf of 1306 Sports, we stand with the black community, we stand with the Black Lives Matter movement, and if you have anything you want to say on that, Jin. Thank you. Well, you summed it up perfectly. Uh, here at 1306, we stand with every, all, everything that's going on right now. Uh, we're living in a pretty crazy world, but the we had a lot of time to reflect on ourselves, and now we're going to be able to look out into the community around us and be able to help in any way, shape, or form. So stay active, stay positive, and let's keep on moving forward. And with that, welcome to the, I believe, fourth episode of 1306 Live. If you haven't already, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at 1306sports, and at 1306fc on Instagram, at 1306gridiron on Instagram, and a little something else that will be announced at the end of the show, <laughs> if, if you stick around for long enough. I am here... With my lovely co-host, Jaden Becker, how are you today? Doing spectacular. Spectacular. It's good. I've been working pretty hard. Mm. This is a good release. Mm. This is a good rest. Yes. Here we talk about some professional wrestling. Bit of the graps. We have fun here. <laughs> and speaking of the graps and having fun, and I, I don't really know, but look, it is time to announce the winner of last week's Gimmick Hall of Fame. And it, it was Ric Flair. Oh, Rick Flair. Rick. <laughs> I got a little scared because I thought <laughs> Big Ninja was gonna win. So um, hey, I, I, if Big Ninja beat Ric Flair, I don't know what I would do. So at least there's some sane people in the world. It was close so, though. You gotta understand, it was close. I think you would have had a better chance if you picked someone else other than Big Ninja. But look, I had to take my chances. Okay, I had to take my chances. Um, hey, listen. Also, the poll we put up on Twitter uh, regarding the greatest match of all time in our picks, it revealed that we didn't get that many votes, but every single vote was for yours, and none of them were for mine. I think everyone just saw Undertaker and was just like, yeah. But yeah, because it's th that's what I'm saying. It's an American it's... audience. We discussed this last time. <laughs> it's not Okay, not only is it an American audience, but it's a casual wrestling audience. Exactly. Yes, that's also true. You know what true. I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Well, we're starting this one off with... A quick SmackDown recap. We both have, uh, we both brought something to talk about in regards to SmackDown. And Jin, if you would like to go first, yeah, uh, I want to talk about Matt Riddle. Um, oh. It's a little touchy of a, t a, sub a subject to talk about right now, given current events. Let's uh, inform everybody. Matt Riddle news released after his uh, victory against AJ Styles on his uh, WWE main roster debut that uh, it talks about a lot of real life sexual assault allegations. Candy Cartwright. She's a professional 
wrestler working in the independent scene, accused Riddle through multiple tweets of the incident occurred on the time on the road. So as they were traveling together, uh, some sexual assault allegations have been uh, formed from that. Uh, Riddle has denied these claims, but WWE has started an investigation. There's no word yet from the WWE if he's going to be suspended or released or anything like that as of right now. But uh, as it stands, that that's uh, a little bit of a, a touchy subject with uh, Matt Riddle. Uh, obviously, the speaking out movement has been huge and been great in the professional wrestling uh, community. Definitely something that needs to be talked about uh, in an environment that hasn't been so uh, pro-women uh, up until very recently. Definitely, so, definitely. Uh, professional wrestling taking a big step forward. But outside of the bubble of the real world, looking just directly from a straight uh, professional wrestling standpoint, I thought this was a great, great, great debut for the main roster for Matt Riddle. Because not only did he win the match, but he also had the literal support of the whole locker room of SmackDown standing around that ring. So what a way to get a person over. They, they beat AJ Styles and gets his arm raised by Daniel Bryan. Alright, so I'm going to talk about this as if nothing in the real world is happening, even though I know it is. So let's just say, for the sake of now, like everything's just going to continue as it is, right? just want to preface with that. Whoa, the bro that runs the show, what the hell? <laughs> that was the corniest shit, but I love Matt Riddle. Uh, in ring, he is fantastic. Very, very entertaining. One hell of a character. Not a lot of people could pull off Matt Riddle's character. Granted, that's pretty much him in real life, so I guess it's easy easy for him but he's <laughs> Matt Riddle is funny man he's really really funny I, he has a like mushroom tattoo uh I think on his side and it's like he, he's a big big weed guy from my understanding I mean that's why he got fired from the UFC because Dana White did mm. not like among other things how much weed he smoked but He's a really, he's a hell of a talent in ring. He's fantastic on the mic. His character is just, it comes to him naturally, of course. And uh, should everything go his way in real life, I think he'll be one for the future. He's not been in wrestling for a significant amount of time. It's been less than 10 years. So he's got quite a future ahead of him, should that future play out. It reminded me a lot of the John Cena debut. I know it's an odd thing to call on, but... Ooh! Nah, Kurt Angle, AJ Styles, both sort of sim similar type of call-out idea, right? Yeah. And, and he came out, even though Cena lost, he still lost valiantly. Riddle won, but I still thought that was pretty surprising that Riddle won, given that AJ Styles is a title holder. Yeah. So was, I thought that was a little odd, and now the current events, it's going to be even odder going forward because no one knows where that's going to lead. But either way... From a strict professional wrestling standpoint, I thought it was a great debut for him. Very excited to see where he goes, if he does go. Yes. My note is the return of old Bray Wyatt, Wyatt family Bray <laughs> Wyatt. <laughs> no, <Nah>, like his <laughs> his old. I can theme, do that for hours. Of course, dude. His old theme song is a banger. <laughs> I don't care what anybody it, it, says. Easily one of my favorites of that era, hands down. Matt, he, I, everything he does, I just like orgasm. I, <laughs> I, I'm such a Bray Wyatt nerd. He, he just gets it. You know, he just gets it. And Bray Wyatt knows the vibes. Some, in the day and age where gimmicks are either just a, a plain person with uh, motives or something like uh, Extraordinary, he just so gets it. He just so gets it. He just does everything right from a gimmick standpoint. He took some time off, had a kid. Um, yeah, that was a sticky yeah, situation. And... <laughs> do, you, do you remember that whole thing with like, how he like cheated on his wife oh yeah yeah Jojo. okay yeah yeah okay and then yes that, that it was a sticky situation but at the end of the day they're with each other and and they're you know they found love 
in, in one way, shape, or form, right? So Bray Wyatt has a kid. There's rumors are floating around that he was a injured. He was walking around with a cane, but that could just be like the drip. I don't know. Just be the drip. <laughs> that could be the drip. <laughs> But yeah, I I thought his return was just so awesome. <laughs> he just does everything right, and pairing him with with Strowman, who struggles on the mic, but has gotten better. Has gotten, gotten better. Dead. I've written about that. It's gotten better. It's no. It still sounds like it's off a script, but maybe Strowman's writing the script. I don't. Definitely not. But it's not. It sounds like Strowman is uh, getting more into it. Um, putting him with Wyatt just does nothing but help him. So yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. Yeah, it sucks, man. For a minute, Bray Wyatt was the hottest thing in pro wrestling for like that long, and then Goldberg and Saudi Arabia happened, and he took a few steps back. No, but he um, can come back though. That's, that's what, what I'm saying. saying. I could not be happier for his return. Um, because the thing about Bray Wyatt, right? The thing about Bray Wyatt, no matter how good he's been, he's always been underrated and misused. Mm-hmm. Like, even at his peak, he was still underrated and misused. The guy. What would is, you consider his peak? Um, I don't even know. But whatever it was. Uh, would you say, like, Cena 30? Cena 30? No. No. That, would that be, like, his breakout? I mean, that's his breakout, though. That's not his peak. Not by a long shot. Yeah, either yeah. either early 2017 oh, is title. Taker? Taker? No. Taker Mania? I don't know. I honestly don't know. But whenever it was, he was being underrated and misused. Because that's just how his entire career has I been. I wouldn't say misused. I would say under rated because like you listen to what i just said he went against john cena in wrestlemania 30 and That's then the undertaker in wrestlemania 31 so he's get, definitely gonna put in the right spots and he's done everything right it's just people haven't looked at him as a legitimate person at that time the guy's a main event talent he had a gimmick yeah i mean say it again yeah oh yeah main event talent hands down yeah 100%. He's definitely a main event talent, and he hasn't really always been put in those huge spots. But when The Fiend came through, oh my god. The Firefly Funhouse. Dude, those vignettes, and then, like, mm-hmm. leading up to the Firefly Funhouse, there were, like, the scary puppets, and it was, like, ooh, so spooky. And then, it's this kid's show, and it's Bray Wyatt, and it's light again. It was kind of like Brodus Clay. Until, right, until it goes back to dark again, and it's The Fiend, and he debuts and kicks the shit out of Finn Balor. And Mick Foley beats Fal- uh, Balor at, I think it was SummerSlam, has one of the coolest freaking entrances in the WWE, especially with his little lamp of Bray Wyatt's head. So, <laughs> I, I think The Fiend is, again, before Goldberg at Saudi Arabia, The Fiend was the hottest thing going in pro wrestling, I think. And then... <clears throat> But I I do I wasn't a huge fan. I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, Saudi Arabia has ruined a lot of things. But... Saudi Arabia does this <laughs> thing where wise. it's bad all the time. Yeah. So and then you have to pay like extra for it to make to make your day worse. It's a cash grab. It's a cash grab. It's the worst. But I mean, they had the biggest Royal Rumble of all time, which was won by Mansoor, one of the greatest superstars in professional wrestling history. I don't know, <laughs> but I'm just glad to see Bray back on my freaking TV. No complaints there. In a storyline with Braun Strowman, the Universal Champion, no complaints there either. And I don't, I don't know if I see him taking the title off Braun, but I definitely myself really enjoying the storyline, especially with the return of Wyatt Family Bray Wyatt. I think they take the title off Braun when he turns into the Fiend, and that might be SummerSlam. Because maybe I don't know if he's gonna go at go at Strowman Extreme Rules as the old Bray Wyatt. That would be pretty funny. It seems like it's heading that just, direction. It, like it's like he's like mankind. It's like Mick Foley. <laughs> he could just switch on a dime. Oh my god. 
oh, more recently so it was good. like Matt Hardy. Because Matt Hardy, I mean... I, I, Mankind did it. McFoley did it better. Does it better than Matt Hardy. I think Matt... Actually, I think the Matt Hardy switching stuff is a little overrated. I'm not the biggest fan of it, but the way he just like switches out of like... I don't know. He does the little zip-zap thing in his brain and then becomes broken. Damascus, which is such a freaking dumb name. <laughs> but look, I don't care. Bray Wyatt's back. I'm happy. What do you got for Raw? Monday Night Raw this week was a good week. See... Dolph Ziggler yeah. make it all the way to the red brand. Yes. And this is such a big moment. Yes. Because not only does he go to Monday Night Raw, but so does Robert Roode. And you're like, oh, why does that matter? Glorious. Because no, I won't give in. I won't give in till I'm victorious. <laughs> and I because they're a tag team. <laughs> and it fixes. It, it, it not fixes. But it's the start of the fix of the Raw Tag Team Division that saw the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders, now the Viking Profits, go at it for, what was it, a month and a half doing stuff that wasn't professional wrestling only because they had no one else to fight. Yeah. And now that they recognize the issue, they solved it. Well, they're trying to solve it. Just, just makes, just puts hope in me, right? Because I, I, I'm in full fear mode because Heyman gets booted, right? And Don't ninjas happen. Oh my god! And, <laughs> and you know, and they have this championship Monday, so now they're gonna. Sh- I think they're gonna shake everything up. They're just gonna put everything in the direction of Bruce Pritchard and how he wants to do it. But no, now Pritchard tries to fix this raw tag team division by solidifying the trade that happened weeks ago with AJ Styles going to SmackDown, which that, at that time I hated because it wasn't really explained. But I feel I feel like I would be even. I would be at the most happiest. If they said Ziggler and Rude were going to Raw when the Styles trade happened. Right. Like maybe on the episode of Raw they didn't wait a little bit. But at the same time the waiting also built up the anticipation. Yeah. So either way, the only thing odd about that now is that Ziggler has a title shot in Extreme (laughs) Rules. I felt like if they let that just sit a little bit or build for like a week or two, that one would have been better instead of just a, a, a promo, a show opening promo to do it. But either way, um, I'm happy. Yeah. What I need to do is I need to find somebody that I can bet on professional wrestling with and bet every single bit of money I have on Drew McIntyre at Extreme Rules. It's this match. Oh, yeah. yeah. This match is just to, you know, give McIntyre another match and not I mean, drop yeah, the belt. Like he, I don't see him losing the belt not until fans come back. Yeah. And then even then, he, they, he's a, I see him holding this belt all the way until Mania. Next mania. Very possible. I, I, there's there's no one on this roster right now that comes even close to what they're trying to do for McIntyre. Yeah. So he's gonna get pushed to the moon and back. Exactly. My only issue with this Dolph and Rude coming to Raw is it's gonna bury the ninjas, and I I felt like they had a future <laughs> in the Raw tag <laughs> That's team. That's why I'm actually even more happy. That's why I'm even more happy. Look, and we can't all be that, ninja fans, but. Not only that, change topics a little bit. Street Profits, Viking Raiders, Raw Tag Team Championships match. Uh, Street Profits win this match. Uh, before the match, they said that they're going to stay friends no matter what. Viking Profits forever, Aww. right? That was really cute. <laughs> they hug it out after the match. It was very cute. I think I think that's a good thing. They, they both stayed. Surprisingly, both stayed babyface throughout all of this, even when the Viking Raiders, you know, <laughs> they weren't supposed to be, but then both stayed by, uh, babyface. Now, after the match, you have Angel Garza and Andrade attack the Street Profits. Yes. And then they come out as a tag team going for the belt. Oh my god! <laughs> they is. did it! Oh my god, they, they actually did it! They <laughs> solved the division. 
So now, it's okay, I'll give you the ninjas. I'll, I'll give you, I guess I have to, right? Let's go. It's, it's Viking Raiders, Street Prophets, um, Andrade and Angel Garza. Um, Rude and Ziggler. Uh, ninjas. Oh. And then by the time Ziggler and Rude become a team, because right now the only problem with Rude is he's stuck in Canada because of COVID. Yep. And he can't travel to Florida because of... Because obviously. Or, like, international... Re- I, don't, I can't describe it perfectly, but because of international uh, health reasons, he can't travel to Florida. So by the time he gets down for tapings or for recordings of Raw, it, the, the division's fixed. So it, I... They fixed. I don't know what else to say. I've been complaining. How long have you been reading the articles? I've been complaining for months about how much this Raw Tag Team Division has suffered and the Women's Tag Team Division has suffered. They have fixed one of those, and I could only be grateful, I guess, because they they finally did it. It took long enough. Mm -hmm. One tag team I'm excited for in the Women's Tag Team Division, now that you brought it up, they're in NXT right now. They're kind of like Mm -hmm. a a big person, little person thing. Dakota Kai and Raquel Mm -hmm. Gonzalez could be a serious player. Mm in the tag team division for a while should they stay together and i think they should yeah i'm curious if they want dakota kai to go up as a tag team i think dakota kai my only issue is that dakota kai is a fantastic singles competitor however as the kind of heel she is she does that super well too and those kind of characters and those kind of dynamics between her and raquel gonzalez uh just go really well into tag team matches and a tag team division so I would love to see Dakota Kai be a singles competitor, but I would not be upset or shocked if she and Raquel Gonzalez became a legitimate tag team. Maybe not for years and years to come. Like, they're not like the Iconics, Mm. but they have serious potential to go on one, maybe even two, really good women's tag team championship runs. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I love the Iconics, by the way, bro. I saw this video. Uh, Actually, the date that we are recording this is uh, Billy Kay's birthday. And yesterday, they uploaded a video on the WWE's YouTube of the Iconics going around to people in the locker room saying, oh, do you know what June 23rd is in there? <laughs> do you know what June 23rd is? I'm not going to do it. <laughs> do <laughs> June it. June 23rd is. <laughs> no. And um, no one's like, oh, no one knows. No one knows. It, it was just hilarious. Everything they do, promo-wise, I feel like is always golden. Yeah. The Iconics. Oh, yeah. Again, I said it before. Oh, you know what I also found out is that Peyton Royce is married to Sean Spears. Uh, Ty, Ty Gillinger. It's just, yeah, Sean Spears. Crazy. I didn't I didn't know that until the other day. Wow. Yeah. I mean, they're not very public about it because of the whole AEW, mm-hmm. WWE dynamic. That's, I don't know. Yeah. That's a bit awkward. But... Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine being Sean Spears waking up? Oi, Sean! <laughs> I can't do. I don't. I can't do like the high pitched, but like uh, I'll try. Fuck it. Oi, Sean! <laughs> I can't. I can't. That's like having a stroke. I, I, I internally I might be. All right. Okay. My note for Raw: Randy Orton is the legend killer again, mm. even though he's a legend himself. And this became perfectly clear when he was having his promo with the Big Show, and he was like, oh, so you're a legend, and I'm the legend killer, and, like, what is happening here kind of thing. And so he's going to go through Big Show. He's going to kick him in the head really hard, and then Big Show is going to go film season two of the Big Show show, right? But after that, who could he possibly go through? And that, yes, that's exactly my question. Because, you know, the first phone call was Big Show, right? He's like, all right, Edge is out. Christian can't wrestle yet. Yes. We're going to need you 
We're going to put you at Extreme Rules. This is going to be a quick match, probably, because Big Show ha- is, is getting up there in, in his career. Mm-hmm. And he can't take a lot of bumps. Mm-hmm. So now they're going to have this match. Orton's going to win. And I don't think it's the replacement for Edge as of right now. I think it's just a stepping stone. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, what is next? Uh, like, who, who do they make that phone call to? Do they call Roman Reigns? Do they call... But would Roman Cena? Reigns qualify as a do legend? Because call... if he's going to be the I know, legend killer... I know, but I, I know, I'm saying, I mean, down the line, who are they going to have to call to come back and have these matches? Do they call Booker T? <laughs> like, who would... Do they call Jay the King? <laughs> who are they calling to come back? JBL? I'm, I'm just listing up people that maybe... Maybe he could go have, behind... Like, a, re- a semblance. Go to gorilla position and just beat the shit out of Triple H. Ooh. Man, now that... Oh, I didn't even think about getting Triple H to come back. I don't think he would... Would, would Triple H do that? I don't think that? he would. Maybe. Maybe for Orton, Triple H would do that. For a payday, too. Um, yeah, I mean... Get Survivor Series or some, a big four batch like that. Yeah. I didn't think about Triple H. That's actually a really good one. I, I, the only reason I consider it is because it's Orton. And if Triple H really wanted to do it, he would. I know, but the only thing against that, I feel like, would be the Evolution dealio. Right, like, oh, but that's really interesting angle because he's with Ric Flair. Orton's with exactly. Flair. So it's just like, whoa, like, you're a legend, I'm the legend killer, and I got, like, Ric Flair, like, what is happening here kind of thing. in like, Evolution, and then it's like, whoa. I mean, that could be interesting. I don't know if it would happen. But I think they could do something with that, potentially. Yeah, that could work. I didn't think of Triple H. Wow. No, nah, don't worry. It's going to be Taker again. Damn. <laughs> Taker. <laughs> They're just going to fly out to Saudi Arabia, and Orton will lose to Goldberg, and his push will be over. Goldberg! Wait! I just said that. What if Or, or They would not let Orton beat Goldberg. I'm chatting complete crap. Uh, his contract's up. His contract's up. It was up after Mania. I doubt they re-sign Thank him. God, please don't sign him. After again. everything. Please don't sign Goldberg. Not that Goldberg's again. terrible. He is. He is. He is. He's so in bad. Recent, in recent history. In recent history. Forgetting all the good times that Goldberg had. But yeah. <laughs> I don't know where to go here with Orton. He's stuck in no man's land with Edge going out with the injury. Yeah. And now he sort of has to float that realm of working matches and staying relevant without getting hurt nor burying himself or burying other people as Edge recovers. So now he's walking like a uh, a razor blade, you know? So yeah. it's safe to bury the Big Show because the Big Show doesn't have a lot left in the tank. But the worst thing that could happen is seeing Orton take down one of the younger guys. All right, hear me out. Hear me out. You put the tag titles on the ninjas. You stay with me. Stay with me. And then you have Orton and Flair beat the Ninjas for the <laughs> Raw Tag Team Championships. And they go on dominant reign until Edge and Christian come back and interfere in their rematch with the Ninjas. And then the Ninjas become the Tag Team Champions again. And then, right? 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 I think uh, I think if you pitched that to Vince, he would give it the, the big o- the big okay. If you say that was good. If, if, you, if you told a normal person on the street, he'd probably slap you across the face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's it for Raw, uh, which means on the topic of Randy Orton, it was my turn to choose the topic this week. So I said we're doing Randy Orton trivia. Randy Orton. <laughs> I got some me. hard ones. They're not too easy this week. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! I'm gonna be less generous with the hints too. Okay. Is that a? Even though I don't really think mine need that many hints, I think I went kind of easy this week, ironically. So, you won last week, I believe, so you can go first. Or do you want to, like, ask or answer first? I'll, I'll, I'll ask first. I'll ask oh. first. Very simple question to start it off. What is Randy Orton's middle name? Keith. That is correct. Randall Keith Orton. Yes. Thus, yes. RKO. Very good. 
Randall Keith Orton. All right, who did Randy Orton beat to win his first World Heavyweight Championship at SummerSlam 2004? I asked. I was going to ask the same question next. No way! Chris Benoit. Uh, no. Yeah, it was. It was Chris Benoit. Because you have to... We do this every week. We can <laughs> find a better way of doing this. <laughs> well, we can't tell we each other what our questions are going to each other be. every week. <laughs> I don't... This is this is the new streak in wrestling. Now the Undertaker <laughs> Mania is gone, this is the new streak. All right, well, I'll just... As... Well, then that one becomes null and void by some weird twist of fate. All right, my next... Okay. Mine is... Who did Randy Orton cash in his Money in the Bank contract on at SummerSlam 2013 to become the WWE champion? Oh, jeez. Oh, wait! Oh. Was it Daniel Bryan? It was Daniel Bryan. Well done. All right, there you go. See? I know something. <laughs> that was good. That was good. All right, so this is my hard one now. Yeah. Um, Orton had a tattoo covered up on his arm early in his career. Okay. What was the original tattoo? He had a tattoo covered up on his arm. It was it was on his. Oh my gosh, was it? Wasn't it like a tribal symbol? No, it was not a tribal symbol. It was more lettering. I'll give you, if you can guess what the lettering was. Lettering. All right, let's think. Let's think. It was early in his career. Now, what was going on at that yes. point? Right, he wasn't married yet. So, and I don't, I don't, I don't see him as the type to put his girl's initials on his body like that unless i i mean i don't know him personally but that's just a guess lettering 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 maybe an ode to his dad maybe an ode to diamond dallas page who he stole his finisher from i don't think but i think if he had ddp tattooed on his arm he would he would have caught shit for that forever so i don't think he would have done that but it was lettering was it words or was it a symbol? This will be the last... Or was it like a... It, it was an... What's it called? An acronym. An acronym. Acronym. Was it... <laughs> I, I, I was going to pretend guess BSK like The Undertaker. He was part of the Bone Street crew. <laughs> um, oh my god. There's no... Because this is hard. This is supposed to be a hard question. So it can't be RKO. It can't be. Oh, I, I have to guess RKO. It is not RKO. The real answer is USMC. You know what that stands for? United States Marine Corps. He got that tattooed on Yes, he was a part of the United States Marine Corps, but was discharged for bad conduct, conduct for his service and spent 38 days in a military prison. So... Oh, good reasoning to uh, get that removed, given that he was yeah, I'd cover <laughs> uh, that up discharged too poorly. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a fun out loud thought process, and I got nowhere close. Earlier, yeah, earlier in his life, the freaking Marines. I am an idiot. All right, look. Randy Orton won the Royal Rumble in 2017. Who did he face that year at Mania? 2017 at WrestleMania. 2017 at WrestleMania. Oh, okay. Let me think of. Let me go back in my mental Rolodex. Can you give me the WrestleMania? I know. Uh, 2017, so this year at 20 was 36, right? Which would mean uh-huh. 35, 30, wait, 35, and then 34, and then 33. So what did in WrestleMania 33? WrestleMania 33. I don't remember. Where was WrestleMania 33? Was that New Orleans? I believe it was Again? in, I believe it was in, this might give it away, Orlando. No, but Orlando was 33. 
2, I think, because that was the one with Reigns and Taker. I think. Oh, no. Wait. No. Um, oh, man. I'm trying to think. I have three names on, on my head, and I'm not sure if any of them are right, but I'm going to go Rollins. I love that you got this question wrong. The answer was Bray Wyatt. <laughs> it was Bray Wyatt. It was that angle where Orton... I thought that was the year after. Nah. Nah. Orton had joined the Wyatt family and then won the Royal Rumble. Oh! And Wyatt oh, oh, oh. won the chamber, became WWE champion. Yeah. Yes, yes. That was that and year. Then, I thought that was the year after. That was... Oh, gosh. Yeah, that was the one where, like, the ring became, like, the, like a bunch the, of yeah, worms and shit. the ring shit. became the thing. Yes, that was, yes. That was I weird, man. I remember very vividly now. I thought that was not that year. Yeah, I don't remember it's WrestleMania's okay. by their number, though. I just remember the year. No, I remember the number. I, don't, I, just... I feel like I would remember the number. All right. Well, uh, it's a draw this week. So, uh, <laughs> cool. That was fun. Cool. All right. Very, very productive. Next week, maybe... If you're here for it, we might even ask three different questions. Mm. (laughs) All right. Now, special segment this week. We are going to discuss our professional wrestling Mount Rushmore. We both had a hell of a time with this. Emphasis on hell. It was really, really difficult. But uh, Mm. since you went first on the trivia and all the the other things. Yeah, you go first. I'm very curious what you say. All right. So I did. I don't my, know where you're gonna go with this. I did my Mount Rushmore, maybe a bit differently than other people would. I kind of split up four important categories to me. So this is not gonna be. Jaden's gonna disagree with this. I'm gonna tell you that right now. There is no way in hell that he will agree. He might agree with. He's gonna agree with one, maybe two <laughs> names on this list. But he's gonna be like, what the fuck? So I divided it up by four categories. In-ring master, the greatest actual in-ring wrestler of all time. Most entertaining slash superstar main stage, uh, you know, promo guy, right? And then I I designated the third category for impact on the wrestling business, and I left the fourth spot open for who I believe to be the greatest pro wrestler of all time. So Jaden already knows one person on this list. In-ring master. This is very controversial. I had an exceptionally difficult time with this one. This one took the most of my brain power. I'm going to catch a lot of shit for this. But I decided it couldn't be an old wrestler, because old wrestling, the matches themselves, are, quite frankly, a little boring. I'm, I grew up in an age of fast-paced wrestling. I just can't watch old wrestling. So my first member of Mount Rushmore is Kenny Omega. Uh, I, I, I don't even have him close. <laughs> when it comes to in-ring performers, I have enjoyed nobody else's matches like I have Kenny Omega's. I, If you haven't watched any Kenny Omega matches, go watch AEW. Go look up his matches on YouTube for New Japan. If you can find any of his matches against Kazuchika Okada, find it, watch it. You, you see, that's where you're already wrong. If you have to make the statement... If you haven't watched any of their matches, well, look, look, go look at... That's how you know you're already wrong. Well, no, 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 not a Mount Rushmore. Look, because he's not one of those mainstream guys. And people that watch WWE, many casual fans, they wouldn't know fantastic, amazing, in-ring pro wrestling. Like, they know, like... And who, R- what, they what? would know hashtag RKO out of nowhere and fucking ninjas, okay? Look, this is the best in-ring performer 
of a generation. And this generation is the best in-ring performers of all time. So that's why I picked Kenny Omega. I disagree, but... I'm sure, oh, I'm sure you do. All right. Most entertaining, <laughs> biggest superstar, uh, and recent inductee into the Gimmick Hall of Fame. He had to be up here. I put Ric Flair onto Mount Rushmore because how do you have a pro wrestling Mount Rushmore without finding a spot for the nature boy? I don't need to explain more. If you don't know, why are you listening? Next. He is a gimmick Hall of Famer. He's a gimmick <laughs> Hall of Famer. That's three rings. Rick, three rings. Three rings. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Impact on the business. This one, for those in the know, will not shock them. I picked the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. D- very good. One. But I wouldn't put him there, but very good. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, look. From back in the day, he invented freaking war games. He is an icon. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yes, yes. This. Yeah. He is an icon in the NWA. He had an impact on so many of the current superstars' careers. He instilled all his creative goodness into Cody Rhodes, who is now doing great things in AEW. When it comes to people that have directly, indirectly, or both impacted the business, I am not sure if there's anyone with a greater influence not named McMahon, because I don't want to put the McMahons on this list because there are a lot of things that they've done shitty. So, impact on the business, that spot for me goes to Dusty Rhodes. Who do you, do you think there would be a better candidate for that spot? I do, but I'm going to save it for mine. All right. And then, my fourth spot would be the greatest of all time, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is Chris freaking Jericho. No. Break the walls down, break down the walls. So, I look, you take somebody, an in-ring master, very entertaining, he's had quite an impact on the business, you roll that all into one beautiful man, you put him on a cruise ship with guitars and wrestling, and it's Chris Jericho, okay? He invented the Money in the Bank ladder match, which is still... The Money in the Bank ladder match, first of all, right? That's in the WWE. But every single promotion that has existed has done something like a Money in the Bank ladder match. It's not been called Money in the Bank ladder match, but they have, you know, some mysterious briefcase with a prize inside or a number one contender spot. Chris Jericho and his invention of the Money in the Bank ladder match impacted the business in more ways than just the WWE. As far as entertainment value goes, as a character... His character has changed very significantly over his entire career, whether it was in the 90s where he was the cruiserweight, the man of a thousand and one holds, uh, Y2J when he came to the WWE and, you know, The Rock asked him who the blue hell he was and everyone was like, ah, (laughs) even though it wasn't really that good. And then Jericho won the Undisputed Champion and that was 2000. And then you go through the rest of his career, all right? And then there was his team with Christian, 2004. There was... Angry Suitman Jericho, who won multiple world titles in the late 2000s. Then there was the dickhead who was beefing with, you know, CM Punk and stuff in 2012 in the WWE Championship match at WrestleMania. And then there was Scarf Jericho with The List. And then there was Joker Jericho in New Japan, won the IWGP Intercontinental Champion. And then there was Le Champion currently running roughshod over AEW with his five, maybe four, person stable, the inner circle. And the point is, he has always been relevant throughout his entire time in professional wrestling. 
So that's the most entertaining bit. And then the in-ring master, you have to watch his matches. His matches are just good. The guy does in-ring psychology so well. He plays his character in-ring and makes the matches more fun to watch. He's also very sound when it comes to moves. You know, selling moves, giving moves. The guy is just good at wrestling. That is why Chris Jericho is the best of all time. That is why he's on my Mount Rushmore. Bang. I agree with only one. Oh, of course. I see. That's what I said. That's what I said. On your Mount Rushmore. So I'm, I'm going to start with mine. I wonder which one right. it is. Number one, without a shadow of a doubt, on this Mount Rushmore is Hulk Hogan. Like, he is, he literally is professional wrestling. Oh, no. He is what professional wrestling was built off of oh. when it hit the mainstream in the 80s. Oh, no. And was pushed into the stratosphere with the Monday Night Wars and came into a nostalgic crash and beautiful burn at the end <laughs> when his return back to... Um, the WWE. Obviously, he's had his out-of-the-ring issues, but at the same time, Hulk Hogan is professional wrestling. Like, Hulk Hogan and professional wrestling go hand-in-hand, hand, like peanut butter and jelly, bread and butter, anything. Literally, it, Hulk Hogan's professional wrestling. So the fact that he's not on the Mount Rushmore is is not only dis- disrespectful to Hulk Hogan, but disrespectful to professional wrestling. <laughs> the, other, the only other person that I have that's on your list, that's on mine, is Ric Flair. Of course. Once again, of course. synonymous with professional res- re- professional wrestling, a pop culture icon, an in-ring, uh, yes, you mentioned psychologist. Uh, he, he's been able to work with, with a lot of these amazing professional wrestlers and continue to hold his own back in his heyday. And not only that, even to this day, from what we've seen, he's been able to, to be uh, a legend. You can give a low a blow with the best of them. A legend. The, one of the greatest low blows in the business. <laughs> and he also went out uh, amazingly with Shawn Michaels, right? In a great match for a guy that, that was pretty old at the time, right? Yep. Not only that, one of, the, one of the greatest, if not the greatest persons in professional wrestling history on the microphone, right? Uh, everyone tries to emulate him. No one can ever be him. He is literally Ric Flair. Big promo he, guy. Is, he wrote the book on, writing, on being a heel and cutting a heel promo, right? Sure Number three, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Literally, I've been saying literally a lot, but this is what these people have done. Expanded out of the professional wrestling business because of... Like, he made his name in professional wrestling and now has become one of the highest paid actors in Hollywood right now because of what he accomplished through professional wrestling. There is That doesn't go a day where you don't subconsciously hear a line on television or in person or with a friend that was made by The Rock. Like... He, once again, another pop culture icon that is undeniably on this Mount Rushmore for what he has not only done for himself, but the business of professional wrestling. That is my definitive top three, without a shadow of a doubt. Like, those are those three are on the Mount Rushmore because not only have they excelled in professional wrestling, but excelled outside of professional wrestling. If you mention they, their name, any person you talk to, any person you talk to that has, has a television and maybe accidentally clicked on professional wrestling knows who they are, without a doubt. Now, for my fourth spot... There's three people that I can't decide who belongs there. Who did you not pick? And I think just to build suspense. Who did I? I, I still I'm still tossing it up in my head. <laughs> so I, I I I at the moment I'm still thinking about it. It's between the Undertaker from a, a strict professional like from a strict professional wrestling standpoint. I think a lot of people's this is easily one of the greatest gimmicks of all time. You took a person that probably shouldn't have made it out of his debut. Maybe not past, a bit out past five years after uh, the workers' gimmick sort of faded away, like 
uh, being a dentist and being a baseball player, being a grave digger, uh, um, you know, like yeah, exactly, like <laughs> being a chicken, you know, <laughs> like th- those gimmicks, those gimmicks died out after a certain time. His gimmicks still technically lives to this day, which is just insane to think about. So I think he he belongs to this Mount Rushmore. Another another like I'm not putting him there officially, but another person, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I knew it. Once again, he is professional wrestling. The only problem is that I, I don't think he has the same amount of effect of professional wrestling that The Rock did, that Ric Flair did, that Hulk Hogan did to put him there definitively. Oh, God. Back in his day, right? though. Back in the Attitude Era, man. Exactly. He was exactly, the shit. In the Attitude Era. He was era. the shit and shit. He was He so also weird. didn't have the the longevity of a career just because of injury also which true. also holds him back too but at the same time what a, like you know what 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 drinking beers you know oh, he he was for the people yeah. right exactly he he is what made professional wrestling of the 90s and what kept honestly what kept wwe in business uh when at war with wcw right yeah and now my the, <laughs> this is the only one i feel like i might get slack for but it's john cena i knew it i knew it i but should have also how could you not money put, on it. How could you not put him on this list? He has now has turned into The Rock and has transcended professional wrestling. Obviously, he's not wrestling as much anymore, but doesn't need to. He's already cemented himself as a, a future Hall of Famer and poss- possibly one of the greatest of all time. The only reason I really can't put him on this list as definitively because he has to compete with Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin. But once again, I mentioned six people. You go to any person on the street. And you tell them these names or show them a picture, they could, they could, they know those people. Jericho, that's a question. Kenny Omega, I really doubt a random person on the street knows who Kenny Omega is. Dusty Rhodes, yeah, they probably know Dusty Rhodes if they were younger, but they sure know Dwayne The Rock Johnson. They sure know Hulk Hogan. They sure know Ric Flair. So that's my list. If I had to pick a four, 100%, I'm giving it to Cena just because I want the, uh, like, that, I think that also shows a good, like, history of wrestling. Like, it was Ric Flair, and it was Hogan, it was The Rock, and it was Cena. Those were the four faces of the biggest company in one of the biggest entertainment industries in the world. So, We just made two different lists. I made a a wrestling Mount Rushmore based on wrestling, and you made a list based on people that were trending in the mainstream at any given time. But these trending people are what made professional wrestling today you wouldn't be watching professional wrestling today because of kenny omega that's question you wouldn't have known you wouldn't you wouldn't have known about professional wrestling if kenny omega was the face i think you would have known about you know about professional wrestling because of the rock you know about professional wrestling because of john cena you know about professional wrestling because the history that was laid by hulk hogan and rick flair that's what got kenny omega there okay but you understand but but guys like Jericho and Omega keep me interested in wrestling. There was a time, there was a real shit time in wrestling in, in uh, the late, mid, late 2010s where the wrestling industry was at a low point. And guys like Omega and Jericho put the industry on their back, made fantastic wrestling, which is what people were clamoring for. Even though things like the women's revolution were happening, those were really, really good. But those matches with Okada, Chris Jericho's run with Owens with the list in new japan that is what kept people's faith in wrestling kenny omega's run with the bullet club matt nick jackson those guys changed the business i totally forgot to mention how kenny omega is one of the biggest influences in the drastic i don't know to use a term from some guy paradigm shift omega is one of the big factors of that i look i know where you're coming from 
but I'm coming from the people that have kept it going at a very high level. And I am talking about how in the olden days, of course, Ric Flair, and we're not arguing on Ric Flair, he's arguably one of the greatest of all time, and Dusty Rhodes' influence is still felt today by so many people, different companies. You want to talk about a guy that transcends WWE and has that effect on wrestling it's dusty Rhodes. so i and, and you made you made a a bunch of good faces on tv which they are they're very good faces on tv and people would recognize them but i but isn't that what professional wrestling is all about like th- this is entertainment this, these not are exclusively. faces on tv not exclusively that i think to the casual i am for the casual fan 100 percent. i i, I, I represent <laughs> the casual fan and you don't we're two di- we're two very different people i represent the casual fan 100 percent. you represent the hardcore fan stays up late at night, watches New Japan. I can't do that. Like I, I know, like I'll, I'll stay updated with it, but I can't just because like I don't have that invested interest. But at the same time, I think that goes for the majority of people that watch professional wrestling. It's that you know WrestleMania season comes around. Who are the faces on TV that they recognize? It's always going to be Hogan. It's always going to be The Rock. It's always going to be Ric Flair. It's always going to be Cena. Yeah, again, we made two different lists. All right, well, All right. this I one's... Think, I think that's... Yeah, we did make two different lists. We're putting this one on Twitter, too. I'm I'm going to get shat on, but you know what? It's fine. I'm, I'm but not... now, another argument that comes up, we both put Ric Flair on the list, so does that make Ric Flair the greatest ever? I put Ric Flair on a part of my list. I put him on the most entertaining, best on the mic. I did not put him as the greatest of all time. I put Chris, right. Jer- I put Chris Jericho right. as the all-around greatest of all time. He could do everything. Okay. You know what time it is. Jane, what time is it? It is Gimmick Hall of Fame time. Let's go. As outgoing champion, Jaden, you will nominate first. Wait, do I... I no, the, the champion always... Doesn't the champion always enter second? Isn't that the nope, rules or no? that's never how we've done it. That's never how we've done it. All right, fine. Well, I'm going to stick with the mainstream once again. Oh, this one's dear. not... Maybe not as mainstream, but is main... Definitely is mainstream, but not as is the the... Hall of Fame, the Mount Rushmore I just mentioned. This person has had some bad gimmicks in the past. He used to be a dentist. He used to be no fucking uh, way. like a Christmas tree. Used no to be, way. <laughs> used to be a uh, fake Diesel. Oh, but lordy. On one fateful, fateful night, he came out to a Hell in a Cell match that was taking place between Undertaker and I believe Shawn Michaels, and was booked as Undertaker's brother. Yes, I'm talking about Kane. It's Kane. gotta be Kane! It's gotta, it's be, gotta Kane. be Kane! <laughs> I'm talking about Kane. Kane, uh, also known as Glenn Jacobs, has taken a gimmick that was brought to him by the WWE and was supposed to be the brother of The Undertaker. And boy, did he play the hell out of that gimmick, no pun intended. Let's <laughs> see what I did there. He, play, he, he played that gimmick better than anybody else could. Right, stayed underneath that mask for a long, long time, playing the role of Undertaker's brother, even at one point now teaming up with his brother after feuding with him in Inferno matches and WrestleMania matches. Teams up with his brother after the, t- the two split ways. He teams up with RVD for some reason. and <laughs> Because wrestling. Demas- de- demasks himself and then turns into a whole nother character. Right, Even someone even more menacing without the mask and continues to go on and on and on with that mean streak. I remember those great feuds he had with MVP in that Inferno match with MVP. And then he puts the mask back on, teams up with Daniel Bryan, and shows the funny side of Kane, which was hilarious. Team hell no. Hilar- awesome. Who knew that a man that wasn't allowed to talk strongly 
uh, have strong promos for a long time uh, up until he's able to demask was so funny. He was hilarious. <laughs> Kane was hilarious. And now, not only has he transcended the WWE, he's now a mayor in Tennessee. I think, is it Knoxville, Tennessee? Knox I don't County. think it's Knoxville, Tennessee. It is Knox, Knox County. County. I was going to say, Tennessee. the Knox County mayor was for a minute there, the WWE 24-7 champion. And that, what a, Kane, I think, 100% belongs in the Gimmick Hall of Fame. Has taken... Uh, a couple bad blows or bad gimmicks in the past. We mentioned uh, the dentist, Isaac Yankum. Christmas I, I thing, Yankum, I don't even yes. remember. And um, the fake Diesel for a while. When Diesel went to WCW, he was the fake Diesel to make fun of him. And that didn't go over well. But uh, he went from a bad situation to a great situation. Made the most of it. And um, was a big part in the Attitude Era. That's a pretty good pick. Uh, my pick comes more recently. Only, only one of the people in this stable are still currently wrestling. Uh, in the late 2000s, these guys got more heat than pretty much anybody in the business right now. And it was because of how their gimmick was played. My nominee is the Straight Edge Society of CM Punk, Serena, and Luke Gallows. Uh, their whole gimmick, if, you, if you're not familiar with the term straight edge, is, you know, we don't drink, we don't do drugs, and a lot of people are like that. But their gimmick was that they were like that, but they were complete assholes about it. They would, CM Punk was the messiah before Seth Rollins was the messiah. He was there saving people, bringing them in to his straight edge lifestyle, and everybody hated him. And it was awesome he had a really good feud with uh Rey mysterio at wrestlemania 2010 i think it was 26 i'm not totally sure. yeah 26 he had a great wrestlemania feud with Rey mysterio a uh, couple good title runs i think i don't I, I got my cm punk timeline mixed up but the straight edge society were dirty rotten filthy heels there were grandmas at live events telling CM Punk that he would rot in hell, which is hilarious. And it brought out the best in guys like Luke Gallows, who had previously been billed as uh, Festus. If you remember Jesse and Festus. <laughs> I love Festus. <laughs> the bell would ring and Festus would become a monster. The bell would ring again and Festus would become the intellectual equivalent of a goldfish. He would sit there, do nothing, and then CM Punk took the drugs out of Festus and made him Luke Gallows, big scary boy. And then Luke Gallows uh, went to Japan, became a really great tag team with Carl Anderson, and the start of the Luke Gallows character was the Straight Edge Society. And they were just awesome. They were a lot of fun to watch. CM Punk played the character perfectly, mainly because he was an asshole and actually Straight Edge. So you combine the two, Straight Edge Society, fantastic stuff. Love those guys. Serena is now a coach at the Performance Center. Also, that's a fun Ooh. fact. She competed yeah. in one, maybe two Mayon Classics, I don't remember, but she is now a trainer at the Performance Center, which I think is pretty cool. So, and then CM Punk left wrestling and is doing, I think at this point, whatever the hell he wants. And you know what? Good for him. Rumors, rumors floating around. They might go to AEW. Fox contract is up. You never uh... know. Could That could be a thing. They're saying, they're saying that um, WWE backstage is ending. They're gonna cancel that. Oh, so really? Fox yes, Fox contract is gonna be up, and he's gonna be skedaddled out of there, and possibly could go to AEW. I doubt it. I don't know. I I, I would like to see him back in W. Obviously, I would like to see him in W anywhere on my television screen, but 
WWE would be my choice. All I'm saying, if Edge can come back after all this time, after a supposed career-ending injury, CM Punk is physically capable of coming back. Oh, yeah, he's capable. I don't think he just doesn't want to. I don't think he wants to either. I think he's... I, I don't know. I would love to see him in AEW because I just don't see him going back to Vince. And there's a very real legitimate alternative there. So, if anything, yeah. it's going to be AEW because I, I, I would imagine he liked how, that's, how that program is run. But that will do it. Wait, there's more. We have an announcement. Ooh. All right, look, we've been saying for a long time that a 1306 wrestling account was on the way, and it's coming soon. But soon is now. We would like to announce the creation of 1306 Mania on Instagram. We are going to do pretty much anything that we may want to do, and we would like to hear your suggestions. We want to hear what kind of stuff you want, polls, tier li- like anything. Just what kind of content you want, and we are we're we're here to just make fun content. We're here to make content you enjoy, and I'm very excited for this. I'm very very exciting for this, mainly because I'm not going to be the only one running it. For those unaware, I run by myself 1306 Sports and 1306 FC, and I don't have anyone to to, to do with me. So having Jaden be part of the account is going to be awesome because it's just gonna not be just me, and that's fun. Get ready for polls, get ready for trivia, get ready for fun facts, get ready for all, all of that, all that jazz. Get ready for me yelling at the TV screen sometimes because I'm <laughs> angry at the show. Happens all the time. Yeah, we might just do like quick takes and just post it on the Instagram like because we always think things about wrestling. This isn't the only time we think about wrestling. If something sucks and we want to just rant about it, might just put it up there. And That's what I just do in the article. Yeah, <laughs> I, just yell at, I just yell at the article. <laughs> I just yell through the computer screen. But that will be it for the fourth edition of the 1306 Live podcast. Hope you enjoyed. Thank you so much for listening. As we said in the beginning, 1306 supports the Black Lives Matter movement. We stand with the black community, and we completely detest any and all forms of racism. Well said. Also, the hashtag speaking out movement moving waves across the professional wrestling world. Obviously, we saw the other day uh, Sammy Guevara making comments back in 2016 about Sasha Banks. Obviously, no one wants to hear that. And uh, at the time, he said it as a joke, but uh, these, these things catch up with people, and, ju- and rightfully so. There are just things you can't say. And he said one of those things, and now he's paying the consequences, and it sucks. Because I have said many good things about Sammy Guevara in the past, and I'd be lying if I said I didn't feel a little bit silly when these things came out. And I was like, oh dear. But any punishment that comes Guevara's way is warranted, deserved, and that's just the way it is. If you screw up like that, the consequences, it, it what happens, happens, and there's nothing you should be able to do about it. Very true. Very true. We're looking forward to some more great episodes of 1306. Thank you so much for listening. Have a fantastic day, week, month, life, year, in a bit. Hope you all enjoyed. Hasta la vista.